In Tantra, we encourage you to keep your eyes open so you know who you're making love with. You can connect soul to soul through the eyes. It's often suggested if you're coming into an intimate exchange and take time to just eye gaze, looking into the other person's eyes and arriving in that experience. And what we tend to do is we go out to the other person and we leave our body to be present. But it's learning to stay right in your core and look from the, the back of your eyes or look from the center of your heart. It's been a long journey and now I'm never more than a few minutes or a few seconds from an orgasm, so it's work. I love it. <laughs> Welcome to Soul Sisters Get Real, the show that goes deep in who we really are and why we are really here. We're your hosts, Karen from the States and Eleni from Australia. We've had heartfelt conversations as Soul Sisters for years, and we're ready to share our truths, stories, and life lessons with you. And to inspire you to connect to your truest essence, which resides deep within your soul. There'll be tears, there'll be laughter, and there'll be no holding back. So sit back, relax, and let's get real about the things that truly matter. We are so excited for today's episode. We are here with Avelina, and she is going to speak with us on opening up to your orgasmic potential. And we have so many questions for you, Evelina. Super excited. Thank you so much for being here with us. So welcome. Delighted yeah. to be here. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited about this, this time with you. So a little bit about Evelina. Evelina Rose helps people open their hearts and embody their soul essence through metatherapy, channeled readings, and energetic healing. She is deeply versed in trauma recovery after decades working on her own and often helps lightworkers clear their past to live vibrantly in their intuitive and authentic natures. Evelina has channeled ascended masters known as the Council of Twelve, working collaboratively with individuals, couples, and groups to live fully in their power and passions. And let me tell you, I have had quite a few sessions with Evelina and the Council of Twelve, and I've got massive insight. And I also took a spiritual business course with Evelina. So we have a bit of a history, and I'm so excited to have you here today. So thank you again so much for joining us. Welcome, Evelina. I am so excited about today's topic about re reaching our orgasmic potential. So let's go back, all the way back. And if you can talk about like how this particular um, expertise of yours about reaching our orgasmic potential even came about? Well, quite a long story. And That's okay. <laughs> I, I feel that I've studied how to reach my orgasmic potential because I totally lost it through a childhood of incest and early adult of connections that were sexual but not intimate. I think I I was going for intimacy and accepted sexuality instead. And then through a, some situations, some relationships where I felt so unsatisfied sexually, first I decided I was going to give up sexuality altogether. It wasn't working. And Goddess had another idea for me. So I was 
massaging a Tantra teacher, Lori Grace, before she went to her five-day experience she was leading in Hawaii. And she made me an offer I couldn't refuse of coming to up to three weeks in her garden estate, Olympic-sized swimming pool, hot tubs, jungle pools. That's all I heard. And once I got there, everyone was checking in. I go, oh, my God, this is about sexuality. What am I doing here? <laughs> I love it. So I think Trickster Woman could be credited for beginning this journey with me. And I couldn't leave. I had no car and nowhere to go. So I studied with Tantra. I studied with Human Awareness Institute and just kept seeking ways to actually connect and let love have a place in sexuality. And after a while, I was asked to be the therapist in Lori Grace's workshops. And so I was at all her events and helping other people open, which helped me open. And I've also experienced some of the sacred intimate work that was necessary to really open my orgasmic potential. It's been a long journey and now I'm never more than a few minutes or a few seconds from an orgasm. So it's work. I love it. <laughs> that is awesome. What a way to live a few seconds away from an orgasm. So are you going to tell us how we can do that too? Well, I will. And as I said, it's a journey. <clears throat> it's a journey that you just keep devoting yourself <clears throat> to developing your inner relationship. After, in 1992, someone asked me if I would come to Oregon and teach Tantra, Tantra for Women. And I said, well, I wasn't qualified. I'd only been an assistant. And she said, I don't care. I think you'd be great. So I asked a friend and we started evolving workshops. You know, I, I come from a farm background and you kind of just do what it takes. And so in some ways I feel like I don't know that I can't do it, so I do it. <laughs> And so I've been teaching Tantra for 20 years. And at the heart of it, and at the heart of awakening your orgasmic potential is breath and presence. You have to get mm -hmm. into now. And so often, even when we're pleasuring ourselves, our mind is off thinking what we're going to do for dinner. Or we're making love and we're not really in the room. But it's about really getting present with yourself, getting in your body, and using your breath to deepen your, your connection to your chakra system because orgasms use the chakra system. Beautiful. So I'm wondering with regards to, you know, you said the two main ingredients in terms of reaching your orgasmic potential is breath work and being present. And so when a couple is together, is it all about the couple um, breathing together Mm -hmm. and being very present with each other because I know something that I've started doing recently is whenever I'm with my fiancé in an intimate way that I want to keep my eyes open whereas, yes. you know, my previous default was like as soon as you're in it, you close your eyes and then it's very much about the feeling within you but when you when your eyes are open, you're really connecting in so is that what you mean by being present, like keeping your eyes open so that you're focused on your partner? That's a piece of it. In Tantra, we encourage you to keep your eyes open so you know who you're making love with. And yeah. because 
you can connect soul to soul through the eyes. And so it's often suggested if you're coming into an intimate exchange, to start at an altar and take time to just eye gaze, looking mm. into the other person's eyes and arriving in that experience. And what we tend to do is we go out to the other person and we leave our body to be present. But it's learning to stay right in your core and look from the, the back of your eyes or look from the center of your heart. And so then they're feeling received. Because if you go out to give all your energy, there's nobody here to receive theirs. And oh. so you're both expanding your hearts and receiving. And if two people are sitting that far apart, they open their hearts to each other. The heart chakras are several feet wide. And so you, the, I say the petals of your heart chakras can dance with each other. Mm, so you start beautiful. with that. So that establishes presence and the sense of this is something special. We, we think of mm. each person being the divine beloved. So it's of divine beloved, I see you. And then you start with the breath, and there's an undulatory breath. And I'm using this movement because it moves up through the body and moves the kundalini up through the body. And so you're drawing that life force that tends to be lie dormant at the base of the spine. You're drawing it up the core, and you're doing it together to energize the chakras, and it creates even more presence. Okay, so step one, I'm just going to summarize that. Step one is the eye gaze. Step mm -hmm. two is breathing up from the, from the, sh from the base, uh -huh. from where, from the pelvic area, all the way up. Yeah. To the, do we go to the crown? Well, you start breathing up to the lower chakras and then, then you can bring it higher. And you, you can bring it all the way up to the crown and let it fountain around. Oh, beautiful. You bathe yourself in your own life force, which is really quite delicious. Wow. <laughs> you know, the Kundalini that... is a resource, and we tend to not activate it all the time. Mm. So we take our sexuality, we put it on a shelf until the one comes along, and then we imagine we're going to be able to be wondrously, radiantly sexual without having been anywhere near it for a while. And so what this is about is take your sexuality with you all the time. My friend says about arrows, wear it in the world. And so you're learning to use what we think of as the sexual energy as a resource through the breathing. Mm -hmm. So yes, step one is eye gazing. Step two might be to light some candles and say, set intentions or say a prayer, because that furthers the sense of this is sacred space. And it's kind of like your psyche goes, oh, this is different. Okay, okay. And then breathing together. And then you might have one person lie down and the other one open their body, touch the whole body and open the body because that prepares the body for full body orgasm. And I think what often happens in making love is some kissing, some foreplay, and then going to the breast and the yoni. It's a beautiful Sanskrit word for our wonderful genitalia. And the rest of the body isn't touched. And for many women, 
that doesn't doesn't allow us to really open fully. A woman's sexuality is from the outside in. So if a partner takes time to open, touch your whole body, just gently, hello, 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 then that lets your whole sexuality awaken and your whole body gets involved in the orgasmic play. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And is there a step four? <laughs> well, then you begin making love however you wish. And whenever anybody wants more energy, you, you say, can we breathe? And you just do a ha, ah, ha, ah, 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 a few minutes, like maybe twice that long. It charges the system and you go back to making love. You can also really call each other to, to presence. I had a partner that I just, usually there was a lot of energy and it felt great. And we were making love one day and I just couldn't feel him. And so I said, would you pour your heart through your Vajra? And all of a sudden it was like, whoa, <laughs> because that heart energy really activates the, the, the whole system, all the chakras. It was like Beautiful. all of a sudden it felt like two souls making love instead of two bodies with their genitals making love. Beautiful. Can I ask a question about something you've just said? When you recharge, I want to make get this right. <laughs> when you recharge yourself, do you sit up or do you stay lying down? When it's recharge the breath work, when you're like, let's recharge with the breath work, are you lying you down or sitting it. up? You can do it however you are. You might actually be joined in making love and want more energy. You just do it right there. <laughs> okay, so that's okay. Wherever you are, you just do it wherever you are. Wherever just you are. Keep yeah. it natural and flowing and, and so on. Yeah. Beautiful. And is there is there a next step after that? Well, it kind of has its own life after that. Okay. What I find so amazing is when two people enter into lovemaking with this much presence and, and breath and consciousness, the, the lovemaking then, it's like it makes love to them. Mm. I've had both women and men partners and often with women after a while, there's not as much erotic energy, not as much charge. So my partner and I would set a date to have a, have a Tantra date. And we kind of come to it with, okay, let's do this. Let's, oh, let's light the candles. Okay, let's breathe. And by the time we breathed and opened each other's bodies, we were making love for two or three hours. Because you get into a mindlessness mm. where you're not making love, you're being the love that's being shared. Beautiful. I love that. And I love what you said about like your partner is like to see your partner is, what did you say? The divine, what was it you said? The exact words you said? We, we see each other, each other as the divine beloved. The divine beloved. <laughs> That's so beautiful. It How is, about you, Karen? Are you going to be doing these steps now? <laughs> 
right? It's it's very intriguing because what I was thinking as as I was listening to Evelina speak is that there's so much shame around mm-hmm. sex and sexuality, and this is a way of of taking that shame out and celebrating us as souls and um, that divine love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Evelina, that's a really good point that Karen just brought up about shame and sex. Mm-hmm. So when you're teaching people who are hanging on to, and it could be because of trauma, it could be because of any number of reasons as to why they have this um, construct around sex and shame, how do you get over that? Often with ritual. I, I, the more I teach Tantra, the more I teach anything, the more I use ritual because you can, you know, you can journal about it, you can release it, but what really shifts the subconscious is ritual, imagery, drama. And so it might be doing a process like I did last Saturday of having people get in touch with their shadow and get in touch with the shame, the sexual shame, all the ways that's happened for them. And then we met in a group of four and they shared it because when you name it, it tends to lose its power. Mm-hmm. And they had the whole group help them come up with a declaration of what they wanted instead of that old way. And then the whole circle witnessed each person in the center doing their declaration. And people said, whoa, I feel radically different because you're, you're giving a whole new message to yourself. Like the declaration, the shame might be, I don't know if I deserve pleasure. And the declaration is, I love pleasure and it's so good for me. And speaking of that, I remember uh, in one of our spiritual classes that you were with our spiritual business uh, group that you taught, there was, and I'll never forget this because you talked about when we have these feelings or these things that we get to move through is sitting in it and Mm -hmm. acknowledging it. And I remember you told a story about sitting in your darkness for days, correct? Or was it weeks? It was. I had a part when I was healing my incest memories, I had a part that was just inconsolable and it was sitting in this dark, dark cave. And I finally just went in and sat down with it. And every time I wasn't working, I would go sit with that part of me. And I would just say, I'm here. And I didn't bring my light. I gave up trying to change it because you can't change what you don't accept. And after a week or so, Christ came in and sat with us, didn't bring his light. And we sat there for two weeks. And then that part started to soften and started to be able to relate to me, to where I could eventually bring him into current time, which is what I think is the resolution of the Tantra, of the trauma, is to find the part that's caught in it and level them up enough that they're willing to come and live in, inside. You know, they're separate because they're in the past, but we bring them through space and time into current time and into the person's heart. Mm. So after a couple weeks, I think it was probably another week before she could trust me enough, 
but then she became a part of me again. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm just wondering for those people that don't have partners and, um, you know, they can't do eye gazing with their partner, what would be the process for them to reach their orgasmic potential? To become the beloved that they're wanting to be with. And so you might start looking in a mirror and seeing if you can really gaze at your body like a lover would without all the judgment that we hold. Because we look at the little zits and Mm. things, you know, but to look at the whole body and to look at the beauty of your smile and the beauty that you bring to the world. That might be a beginning. Um, Also, it's really lovely to do the opening of the body, to to touch your whole body. We we rarely touch everything in our body, but to really gently and slowly. And when you're touching or when you're being touched, you're both the hand that's touching and the hand that's being touched or the arm that's being touched. So you do it slowly enough that you can meet that with your consciousness. Mm -hmm. So now you're making contact with touch. And even your own touch will bring in the oxytocin that we look for when we're touching another person. And then to, to take some time to light candles, set your intentions for your erotic life. And um, and do a breathing practice. Come in with breathing. And if you're wanting to take it into self-pleasuring, to do that with a real sense of patience so that you're letting the energy arise in you and meeting it, not pushing it, not trying to make something happen. Because that's a really good turnoff for arrows, trying to make something happen. Mm. Mm, forcing it, being attached to an outcome. Yeah. Right. In Tantra, what we say is we let go of the outcome. You know, in most Western sexuality, it's all about building to a peak. And it's successful if you get there and not if you don't. But that's all effort. And then Mm. you have your peak orgasm and the energy drops. So what you're learning in building your orgasmic potential is you just breathe and you meet the energy and you see what would what kind of caress might increase the sense of of erotic energy and you take time to let it build and you may or may not go to orgasm sometimes we we learn this what we call a valley orgasm which is where the energy where you just play in the orgasmic field So the breath practices include, it's not just breathing, it's breathing, imagery, undulation, and working with the PC muscles, which is the perineum. And you can feel that right now if you want to just kind of lift and lower your perineal floor. So if you just slowly lift it and lowering. Yeah. Pretty much like... Stopping urination if you need to, like that. That's what you're doing. Is like for those people who are wondering how you do that, it's almost like imagine you're going to the toilet and you're stopping mid flow. That's how you sort of lift it. Is that right? Exactly. 
that same those same muscles you're just doing a nice little uh pulse in the muscles mm -hmm. or you can just mm -hmm. lift and lower the floor that's the pump that drives the kundalini up the core i was at a conference and this woman was supposed to help people kind of pair up and find someone she said is there anyone that you want to meet here and i said well i'm kind of interested in a guy over there but he's got three women around him so i don't think there's a chance and she said you go over there and move your pcs and see what happens so oh. i walked over next to him and i was just playing with my pcs playing with my pcs before long one of the women laughed before long the others laughed and we had a wonderful evening. <laughs> oh, wow. That is awesome. So we've got a little trick and a gem for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know, like so simple yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> that is awesome. And the more awesome. you do that, the more you play with your PCs through the day, the more you're in touch with this amazing life force. Mm -hmm. that you have that we tend to ignore but to to go in and just play with them a bit sometimes when I'm walking I like to kind of feel one side and the other it keeps that erotic energy alive in you throughout the day yeah and that's just that being in touch with your body being in touch with you and the body that we're in right yeah and, and the life force within the body, you know, like the powerful life force within the body. So I've got a question from a, even though I'm a female, from a male perspective. Um, so with this life force that's in our body, um, if we do reach, um, if we orgasm, is this taking away our life force? Are we better off um, for a period of time making love but not reaching orgasm from a male and female perspective this question really is for both not just for males well for men we want to separate orgasm and ejaculation mm -hmm. so ejaculation spilling the seed that can diminish a man's energy his life force for a while so it's highly recommended that men learn ejaculatory choice and women learn how to support that and so you men learn how to ride to the edge and come back from the edge and ride to the edge and come back from the edge and women can do that too but once a man can manage his ejaculation so he's not doing it for quite a while making love then he can become multiply orgasmic and so both people might be orgasming, but there's no ejaculation. So orgasming can actually build life force, build energy. Because when you run that kundalini up through the chakras, it activates and potentiates the chakras. It's really mm. good for you. Okay. And you said, though, a woman needs to support the man um, reaching orgasm but not ejaculation how does a woman support that well first it's supporting ejaculatory choice so 
So women and men learned how to have a communication that when a man gets to his inevitability, <laughs> where I'm about to spill over, he might say, we need to stop or hold, pause, and take a long breath up and hold it. And so they both take this long breath. Oh, and let it go. And then that'll bring him away from that edge usually. Okay. There's okay. also certain holds a woman can do on the Vajra at the base that will work for some men. There's a bunch of techniques and a couple learns which ones work for them. Mm -hmm. But a woman needs to know that when he's managing his ejaculation, the energy may fade a little bit, and that's okay. Because we're not on an agenda. We're not needing to get somewhere. And you can build again. Yeah. And for the woman, um, is it important for her to also not reach that, I don't know if you can call it ejaculation for a woman, you probably can, but is or is it different? Is her life force more intact even when she reaches orgasm? Well, for a woman, I want to say it in two ways. First of all, we want to let go of the rush to orgasm. Mm -hmm. Very often we're so busy trying to achieve orgasm or achieve mutual orgasm that we lose the joy of the journey and yeah. we want to enjoy the journey itself. So it's not about hurrying to orgasm. And sometimes it's fun to play right at the edge of it for a while. And for a woman, for a man to orgasm without ejaculation or a woman to orgasm is fine. If that's in the natural flow and, and then you go back to the breath and then you can build to another. It's said that women are capable of 14 levels of orgasm. And they get better and better and better. So there's no need to avoid orgasm. Some women do ejaculate. That's, that's a whole other piece. And it's interesting because we want men to pause and not ejaculate, but some women really seek it out. I don't think it's necessary. For some women, it's very pleasurable. For other women, it's embarrassing. They have to take towels everywhere they go. So I don't feel it's a goal to achieve, but it's a fine, fine aspect of orgasm if a woman does. And it doesn't seem to drain women. It's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, what you've just said, in terms of this last year, um, you know, my partner's been, you know, I shouldn't. I don't know if I really have the permission to say this, but um, <laughs> but I'll say it anyway because this is soul sisters get real, and we're getting real here. Is <laughs> is that he has actually, um, you know, purposely and intentionally not ejaculated during our lovemaking for long periods of time? Like like he has this little goal of one month of lovemaking before he permits himself to ejaculate, and I. And I and I tell you, it's 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 a game changer. It really, really is. It's a game changer because you are it's you don't have that outcome, and it doesn't become about his 
thing it's become about it's really really about us and really looking at each other and feeling each other and it just goes on for so much longer <laughs> so much. and and the desire is a lot stronger like you know for the next night and then the next night and the next night as opposed to a once a week thing if you've been together for a while so that's it's it's a real game changer so i highly recommend that um women out there talk to your men and uh get them to hold on to their seed because their seed is their life force mm -hmm. and to not just spend their life force just you know all over the place which depletes them and a way to convince them is to say that if we make love only till you ejaculate, then we're often done. If you hold your seed, we can make love for hours and you can be multiply orgasmic with me. I love so, that. Sometimes the way to convince a man is through that, what they call the other brain, that it's going to get its needs met. <laughs> I love this conversation and all the techniques. This is actually going to be an episode that I'm going to play back <laughs> and take notes <laughs> and write down and like, yeah, let's do this. And this is, it, it couldn't have been better timing for me because I'm getting whisked away after this interview because it's my birthday tomorrow and I'm getting taken on a romantic weekend away. And so it's just like, oh, I'm very excited about, um, you know, these steps. I was, yeah. I was thinking that as you were asking all these questions, I was like, she's thinking about this weekend. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So I'd encourage you and your beloved to take some altar items. And a beautiful beginning, especially for a romantic weekend, is to create an altar together. And you each bring two or three things that have meaning to you. And you explain the meaning to the other. So it's kind of letting them see into your spiritual reality oh, too. Wow. Wow. I'm so excited. This like this is this couldn't have been more divine, this actual um episode today. So I'm so excited about doing that as well. I will. And you don't tell the other what you're taking until you're actually there. Right. In that moment. Yeah. And I and thank you for explaining that because I, I was thinking and I forgot to ask the question is what do you mean by, you know, bringing things to the altar and you explained mm -hmm. it's it's just a personal item that you can mm -hmm. then open up about and share. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it might be. This is a stone that I picked up when so and so and I were on the edge of the Grand Canyon. And all of a sudden I realized the vastness of the universe. Mm. anything something that has meaning to you yeah you know sexuality requires vulnerability and people tend to be afraid of vulnerability but we need vulnerability that's where all the pleasure is and so it's mm. creating opportunities like this to reveal yourself to each other so you get to know more who you're making love to again and get to know more about yourself, I'm imagining as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
you know, quite often we're so busy, we're not even in touch with who we are, let alone who our partner is. Mm -hmm. And so when we, you know, just this action of finding three items to take with us is is also a self-discovery process too because like what three items are important to me right right so any other tidbits that you would like to share with us avelina about um about anything Uh, anything with your channeling or anything that you haven't shared around orgasmic potential I would say that my channeling is one of my greatest joys and greatest gifts. And um, the primary being that I bring through is Babaji, Mahavatar Babaji, Mm. who's on many, many tantric altars. Mm -hmm. And so the channeling and working with the divine, working with guides, feels really compatible with Tantra and Eros. It's like they want our pleasure because that's where we blossom. And I feel such support for people fulfilling their potential, both as individuals, but also as erotic people, erotic individuals, to, to open all the chakras. You know, if you, the sexuality is thought of as the first and second chakra, and if we just sit on it, we don't have our whole system available for everything else in life. And when we open all the chakras, I call Tantra a multi-chakra affair. So we're relating through all the chakras. And it's a path to enlightenment. It helps you to know yourself as a being more and more all the time. And so does channeling. It's like I... I feel like I get to be with these wise beings on the other side of the veil throughout the day. I'm learning. They're learning. It's amazing. But they learn as well. And it's helping people to really uncover who they truly are and live from their authentic self. Beautiful. Evelina, that sounds like another episode. (laughs) So if you're open to it, Mm-hmm. Um, we would love to have you back to talk about channeling and maybe to actually channel in the episode. If, if, if you're open to that, mm-hmm. that would be awesome because that's way too big a topic just to, just to, you know, like, let's just quickly talk about it. That's a whole episode. And we oh. would love to have you back to talk specifically about channeling. So, um, for those, who are still struggling with being open and loving towards their sexuality and there is shame involved, what is it that you would like to say to them? I'd like to say, first of all, the the divine created you the way you are with your sexuality. It's not a mistake. Mm -hmm. Society has a lot of attitudes and opinions that are not accurate, that are against joy and pleasure. And you want to just keep releasing that that shame, releasing society's ideas about it. It's really lovely to do ritual. A beautiful ritual is if you've got a stream nearby to pick up a bunch of stones and put all those beliefs into a stone and throw it downstream. 
And then you can turn upstream and ask for your sexuality to be washed clear or ask for your shame to be washed away. So it's, I want to encourage people to cultivate a love affair with, with your sexuality. It's a source of power. It's a source of pleasure. It's opening your life force. It's a source of energy. It, it'll keep you young. It'll keep you vibrant. And I've spent a lot of my time single, not in relationship, and having a very full erotic life. And part of it is pleasuring, part of it is doing Tantra with people, enjoying workshops with people. I have, I, I enjoy making love with the divine. So because I know so many beings on the other side of the veil, I feel that there's a love affair that happens that way. It's very empowering and enriching to me. And we call it white tantra, where you're making love with the divine. Wow. So to find, to find some ways to help you open, and there are so many workshops all over the planet and online that will help you release shame and claim your sexuality. And it's the greatest gift you can give yourself. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. One of those episodes where we all learned so much. Great. Absolutely. As And we've got one last question to ask. It's a question that we ask every single guest at the end of the episode of Elena. So we would like to ask you, what does it mean for you to get real? <laughs> oh, I love this question. For me, it means letting go of everything that's not me so that my authentic self can have access, can live from my core. It's meant a lot of parts work of finding the parts of me that got lost in the past and bringing them into, into my current time. I think it, you know, it's so interesting because people are afraid of change. And yet every time I change, I'm more real. I'm more me. Because the change is, in a sense, letting go of the cocoon or the blocks or the, the shields or all the ways we hide ourselves. And it's a little scary. And then what comes forward is so good and so real and so much more your authentic nature. So I think of it as being restored to the original template. And one of my favorite prayers that I share a lot in the work with people is to, I think of great mother goddess, that her heart is like a womb, it's so vast. And my prayer is great mother goddess, Take me into your great heart womb and recreate me in thy image. Or I might say, take me into your great heart womb and recreate me as if I'd always been loved. And for me, the divine knows my authentic nature. They, you know, the divine knows what's actually me and what isn't. So if I'm in her heart or in her arms, what, what releases is what's not me. And what is me gets enhanced. Mm. 
And I feel that's also what happens with meditation, that you let go of all the stories. For a little while, you let go of making yourself up. And you get quiet. And then you get to feel what the real me is. It's always there, but we get very busy around it. But to just get still and feel that is so precious. Thank you for sharing that. And that is one of the best explanations of what does it mean to get real that I have heard. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. I, I could just listen Beautiful. to Evelina talk. I feel like I, if I just listen to her voice, it's so relaxing and soothing. so gentle and so soothing and so calming. It's just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> You were given the gift of a beautiful voice for a reason, a beautiful, gentle, soothing, calming, loving, nurturing voice, Evelina. Today, today's episode has given me so much that I'm going to implement today. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. What a way to turn 55. Yay for me. So... <laughs> Thank you so much, Evelina. You have been absolutely awesome. We can't wait to bring you back to talk about channeling and to channel, um, whether it's the council or Babaji. Um, it's going to be fantastic. And so thank you so very much for coming in today. It's been an absolute honour. Thank you. Yes. And happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Happy you. birthday, Lenny. Yes. And thank you again for joining us, Evelina. Mm. You, I, I admire you and I respect you. And um, it's, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you here with us. Mm. What a joy to be with you. Thank you. I have a lot of respect for you, both of you as well. Thanks for watching. We hope you loved it. And if you did, Please like this video and subscribe to the channel. And remember, always connect to your truest essence. And choose love. We'll see you next time.